Tim, yeah, we don't really have those formal introductions. Often Jack and I do a little formal one off air. It's a bit, I find it's a bit awkward when someone like reads your resume. Oh, yes. I'm all right with that. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, <laughs> you know what? We've actually been telling people that we do that. We haven't done it last five, ten times. True. <laughs> but <laughs> like, yeah, we'll give you an intro off air. Yeah. We just never get around to it. Yeah, it's we just roll we're, in. we're busy out here, but I'm all right with that. I'm very okay <laughs> with that. I also do like saying that to people and then making it really awkward. And, just, and then, and then <laughs> listing all the people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where I went to school, my mom's name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which, let's start with where you went to school. I reckon we should go. This is one of my favorite stories about you. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Okay. I do like telling this one. Uh, yeah, you sort of. Like, I need you to tell it. Yeah, so I, I went to school at um, good old prestigious Xavier, Xavier College, around the corner. Yep. It was nice to get the old um, Lilydale line again out here. Yep. Yeah, love it. <laughs> Shout out to Lilydale line. Um, so, yeah, I was there from year five to year ten. I got sent there in year five to try and make friends before year seven. <laughs> good stuff. Um, which I think is a good idea because, yeah, like, I'm smart. from the other side of town and um, my brother started year seven and had no friend for years, so mum and dad got put <laughs> in year five. Um, poor guy. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Cammy. Um, but yeah, so so went there till about year ten. Yeah, um, wasn't a huge fan. Um, strangely, for my very gangly physique, I played rugby for a while, <laughs> yeah. which people just sort of like almost like hear the bone shattering, looking at me and saying I played rugby, <laughs> um, footy, school, whatever. I was too interested in smoking darts down the laneway at the back, <laughs> nice. um, and then sort of year ten. I went on a ski trip. Mum and dad wanted to just get me out of the house, get me away for the summer. That Oh, sorry, no, winter, so just to, to kick me out really. So then I went to New Zealand on a big ski tour. Mm. Went with a good bunch of blokes, um, super fun, um, hung out with a lot of the older guys and stuff. And for some reason we just had this um, real kleptomaniac um, uh you know, just feeling going Itch. on. So <laughs> we just decided to just shoplift anything that was on a on a coat hanger. Um, right, right. As you do, you tend at a prestigious school. Definitely. Um, what else is there to do? Um, so we just went on this massive shoplifting spree that can be completely transparent. And like I can giggle about it now. I was like 11 years, 12 years ago. So, yeah, you know, yeah. like I was literally a kid. Um, but, yeah, we were just shoplifting everything, stealing lunch, Jackets, um, like it was pretty outrageous, really. And I do feel bad. I, I know I'm grinning, but it's funny because <laughs> um, it looks like I'm very non-remorseful right now. Right, um, but I am. Um, but yeah, so we just got went on this big craze, and the big thing was a couple of kids in the year above went for North Face jackets, um, and they made the clangor of ripping the tag off. And you're always like, obviously, you know, shop, shoplifting 101. And when you rip a tag off, you put it in another jumper. Sure. You don't leave it on the floor because then it's like, oh, someone's been shoplifting. So they left all the tags on the floor. We were, I literally think I had a foot on the step of the bus to go back to Melbourne that minute. And then the ladies come sprinting out and then pulled us all off the bus going, everyone needs to stop and open your bags. There's about 10 of us just going, oh, full beetroot, like we're cooked here. All open the things, just tags, North Face jackets, balaclavas, socks, Thousands jocks. Nupsies. Like, why are we still in balaclavas on the way back to a nice summer in Melbourne? It's made no sense, but just was what we're going through is at that stage. And um, New Zealand police wait, wait. Um, all pulled up. We were scared we were going to get red flagged on our passports, which could happen. They made us call our parents who sent me there out of goodwill and paid for it and they're getting a call like, hey, darling, how's things? And you're like, oh, <laughs> super positive, like, hi. Yeah, good, just at the police station being caught shoplifting. Um, I'll be home tomorrow. Um, can you pick me up from the airport? Um, so, yeah, next day, fly in. Um, you can imagine the atmosphere on the plane is pretty not very vibey. Yeah. <laughs> Even the people that were good. Um, and then it landed, 
Mum and dad picked me up. There's some media there. Everything was going loose. Go home that night, 6 p.m. news, Peter Hitchener, um, everyone going, Xavier College students caught in a large shoplifting scale act in New Zealand. Students from exclusive Xavier College have been sent home in disgrace from a New Zealand ski excursion. In the latest embarrassment for the prestigious private school, 16 boys were caught in a $6,000 shoplifting spree. It was a shameful end to the overseas excursion for 16 boys from the prestigious Catholic College. We're quite gutted by what they've done. During a four-hour shoplifting spree last Saturday, the students stole $6,000 worth of snow gear from seven stores. Yeah, they just looked a little bit shifty. A lot, a lot of the time you get the young lads come in this time of the year with all the school holidays and, and they look very high-spirited and things, but these guys just looked a little bit more edgy. The boys, aged between 14 and 17, were among a group of 30 on camp near Queenstown. Among the hall... Three jackets valued at around $500 each. Embarrassed teachers were forced to pay for some of the stolen items with their own credit cards. The boys lucky not to face criminal charges. Police in New Zealand permitted the students to return to Melbourne without charge. However, all 16 involved have been suspended until next week. And in damage control yet again, the school isn't ruling out further reprimands. These boys have let themselves down, they've let their families down and they've let the college down. Rakal Eberly, 10 News. Um, principal, the principal's cut live in front of the chapel, which really makes it sink in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, forgive us for our sins, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please. Um, so cross life for him. And um, he's just talking about how disappointed he was and I was just sitting there just like watching the news of my family about me. So <laughs> went right. to the principal's office and they said, look, we think your son should leave. Apparently he was caught drinking as well. On this the trip, true? so this is this is true not? where we were drinking. So I was like oh. sixteen, but the older kids had brought all this alcohol, um, and essentially said, "Yeah, come over and have a few drinks." So I went over, um, and then the story was that I brought all the alcohol over, and all the older kids drank my alcohol. <laughs> oh, so I got stitched up a little bit there, but I was pretty happy to leave. To be honest, I was pretty over it. Went to a school a lot closer, get a bit of a sleep in, better blokes, and, and here I am today. There you go, mate. That is an absolute. How, how many guys got let go? Was it? I think it was about. Three in the end. Um, a lot of people stole, but three of us were on, on the last legs naturally. So it was the old uh, heave ho. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Thank God we didn't try it. Introduce you, Tim. That was there's, yeah. there's no way. <laughs> there's no way we're going like, to set the tone. Yeah. That's that's what someone might think on the surface, but Tim, we fast forward twelve years on, and uh, you've done some pretty incredible things. Definitely, um, mate. Yeah, I don't know exactly where we've been. Probably probably with the Bay Juice. Yeah, you are the hang cool. you are the hangover cure master. Hope so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to get, give us the rundown. Like, where did that all begin? Yep. So probably, was, probably said it a million times. No, 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 no. I always love sharing. I always add sort of different bits and pieces to it. But it was 2018 um, was when I finally went to South Korea. I was with my girlfriend at the time, Sumin, for 12 months. And it was finally time to go meet her parents and stuff. Um, this side of the story I don't tell often, so it's while we're on crazy stories. So <laughs> we fly there. It's Thanksgiving. Um, it's like the whole street's dead. So Seoul, you could walk through the middle of the street, which is like 10 million people in Seoul. Um, so we go to the countryside for my first day, which is where our grandparents live, um, and everyone meets there and has food and drinks soju in the morning. Um, roll in, I've got a semicircle of family waiting for me to end, open the door. So I've opened the door and there's just a semicircle of Koreans like, 
Hey, I'm so excited for like, the tall Aussie dude to come to their beautiful grandma's house. Yes. Um, and I had to walk in and bow twice to her feet. Um, and then everyone erupted again. Like, it was just so cool. This guy was all the way from Australia bowing at my grandma's feet two hours in, surrounded by rice paddies in a square little house. Um, so we drank, we slept during the day, did all this fun stuff. And then um, I was like, oh, pretty beat. Like, where are we going to sleep? Um, and she's like, just, just here. And there was about, you know, 22 of us. And I was like, no, but like, is there some other quarters? And she goes, no, no, we all just sleep on the floor in this room. So 22 of us slept in a 30 square metre room <laughs> on the floor. Or every one of us, like 80-year-olds <laughs> to five-year-olds. We just slept in this one room and um, I, I just couldn't hack it. Like I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. I was like, no, no, I'm fine. I tossed and turned for hours. And then Sumin was like, oh, you can sleep in my, my – my grandma's room if you want. I'll get her out of bed. <laughs> and then so grandma's hit the floor, the concrete, no and I'm in the single bed. No way. <laughs> but she, she sleeps there every single day. Like right. she, like She's actually gone to the bed to get out of the way of everyone. Yeah. So she's okay. But saying that out loud, I haven't said for a long time. It makes me realise how awful I am. Oh, um, I but at least I slept well. Um, so it was amazing. Big drinking, boozy parties, um, hanging out with cousins, um, uni friends, just went out every night. Soju beer, rice wines, cream barbecue, just out all night, clubs, karaoke's, everything. Um, so I was pulling up pretty poorly, right? <laughs> yeah. um, especially the concoction of all those nasty alcohols. Um, and then it was finally when Sumin all of her friends started grabbing Korean pear juice from 7-Eleven, being like a typical Aussie, I'm going in, opening, grabbing a beer because you're so excited you can buy alcohol from a convenience store. Yeah, yeah. that's and pretty just, incredible. Like, <laughs> was the highlight of the trip, like oh, almost that, um, and and then but all of her friends were grabbing this this pear juice, so I just became um so curious, started drinking it, mm. woke up fresh, um, and I was like, oh, it must be holiday, you know, when you're on holidays, you don't really get that hungover, you sort of feel good just because you're like, sweet, mm. I'm halfway around the world, had a good sleep, no work today, so you just naturally feel good, but then I realised um must have been that cream pear juice. So the night before, then Sumin's mum was like giving me more pear. Sumin's asking me how I felt from the pear juice. And so it just became a thing that it was, that it was like common knowledge that cream pear helped your hangover. Wow. Did the old Google on the phone at dinner. Um, there's an enzyme in inside that speeds up your metabolism of alcohol is what the CSIRO had an article on. Um, super long word, um, like 20 letters. I wouldn't even try to hoxide dry my hilaritillin or something. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, it's a huge word. And, um, yeah, they did heaps of placebo testing with alcohol, without, and different ages and different genders and stuff. Um, and the proof was that it just helped your hangover severity. So became obsessed, drank it all week, came back to Melbourne, um, met my best mate Liam, um, who's a co-founder with us, and the three of us all thought it was a great idea to sort of go back and, and start our own brand and build a business around it. But we did heaps of really cool market research. So I've been a barista for four or five years at my cafe in Essendon with the family. Um, so I'd be giving out like a latte and a bay juice on a Friday to anyone that I know is going to go have a crack. Um, and they would come in on Monday and say, what the <coughs> hell was that juice you gave me? Because it's in all different languages, no English. Yeah. So a bit sort of sceptical, like peeling this label and like drinking this strange juice, but they did. Um, so that was amazing feedback and knew that like we're probably onto something. And then six months later, I mean, soon you're on a plane straight back, no meetings, no interviews, nothing ready. As you guys know, jumping around the world looking for manufacturers. Mm. Um, we, we popped over, we found an apple farm guy. He knew someone who knew someone else in the fruit business, um, helped us find a few other manufacturers and farms. And then Sumin's mum is actually from like, um, it's called Naju. So Naju is like the home of Korean pear, like the granny smith of apples. 
Um, and she sort of popped out like, I know someone. And like, you know, having this big meeting thinking we'd all figure it out. And she's popped out, found the biggest manufacturer and um, <laughs> we've been working with them ever since. Far out. Yeah, so it's a pretty, pretty crazy story. And then we launched finally our first container in January 2019. Man, that's incredible. And I guess just to backtrack, so with Liam, when you get back to Australia, yeah. how did that go down? Like, did you just go through the contacts list and call your mates? No, I mean, he would have been always, always hanging out. Um, we did door-to-door sales together. I told you the office is next door, so it gave me a few shivers. Um, not that we did any sales or any work, but we are together and hanging out, which is great. Um, but no, we've been friends since 2005. Okay. Um, we got sat next to each other at school because we were only two people at Xavier from like our community ponds, Asker Vale. Nice. So we got sat next to each other and have been best mates since. Um, but no, we tried app ideas, came up with food ideas, and this one just seemed to make sense and – it was something we could work slowly on, which was quite important. So we didn't need heaps of cash. We could just sort of figure out, get the website going, come up with a name. So Bay means pear in Korean, so it's literally translate to pear juice. It's perfect. Sweet. Has a bit of relevance with the whole Bay scene. Um, and, yeah, we've just always bounced ideas, so it just made sense. I wasn't sure if <laughs> you, you had this whole other life going on in Melbourne and then you've just dropped it because you've just tasted this juice and now we're going to run a business. So it's cool to hear that maybe you were always thinking, you know, entrepreneurially and who knows, maybe I'm not sure what you were trying to do with those those jackets in uh, in year 10 if you were yeah. trying to flip them or I, I don't know if that's where it Why all started. But, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, yeah, I was, I was going to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. So what did those what did eighteen through to that trip look like? Are you trying a bunch of different businesses, or are you you're working at a cafe? Yeah, well, the coolest thing was, and I, I touch on only sometimes was I lived in Vietnam for like ten months. Um, so I was out of school, um, was going to this club every night, every second night, a lot um, until the wee hours, sunrise kind of kind of hours. Um, <laughs> and I met <laughs> met a few people there, and um, one of them had just been in a really long relationship and had. Um, just broken up with the girlfriend after seven years um, and he'd met me five, six times at, at, the, at the club um, and then he was just like, I just need to get out of this country. Um, you know what I mean? I need to get out. Um, he didn't want to take any mutual friends because they were all best friends with his ex-missus. Right. So he's like looking around the room and like, <laughs> like contacted me and he's like, what are you doing for like next week? And I was like, not much, 19, not studying, yeah. um, probably cross-eyed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was just, and he was, so he's 27 and renamed himself something exotic. So I was just like, oh, he's like, well, would you like to – Fly to Ho Chi Minh with me, Ho Chi Minh with me in um, like three days. Mm. It's like, but ask my mum. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, I think this guy sent me to sleep with you. We better meet him first. Yeah. Um, and so I'm 19 uh, in the kitchen with this guy I've just met, mm. introducing him to my mum and dad. See. And then we fly to Vietnam. We accidentally went to Hanoi instead of Ho Chi Minh. It's a bit more cultural and not really the party vibe we're after. Right. Um, but probably did our brain sell some good. But um, we started a party there so we're there for a month i went out every night i was full high energy i'd be dancing this is annoying this is annoying okay. like i'd go to all these like um what are they called viet tech or something it's like the vino house or it's called something like that okay. um and it's like really vietnamese edm so i'd get on the stage and on the poles at these clubs and dance and everyone would get around it and then eventually the right person saw it <laughs> the and right the, person the right person saw it and he goes are you guys from australia we had a few beers he's like i've got this um boat on west lake which is a really popular lake um, do you guys want to like just throw an event on it? Um, just, you know, b- bring all your crew and throw some parties. You got the club background and whatever I did background. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're like done. So we took over a boat with a pool on it 
Um, Wait, the guy, the guy. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. a boat with a pool. On a boat had, yeah, it's like a nice long boat. And it's had this little pool in the middle. <laughs> yeah, right. So we took it over. Uh, we redid the deck because the mate had a construction background. He told me what to do. Of course. And we painted the side. Um, and like I can't paint the picture anymore. Um, but I was like literally like wood, like rope dangling paint kind of job, like Vietnamese real OH and S kind of vibes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it was just wild. And then we'd set it all up, and everyone was like, "No one's going to go to a day party at the pool." In bikinis with shots in Ho Chi in Hanoi, it's just too culturally wrong. So we did free shots day party. Make sure you have to wear bikinis, and like two hundred people came. <laughs> yeah. We had this like Vietnamese DJ couldn't speak English, and it was just like doing some real like laying. Like just oh, I can't even do it. But we just threw this party for two weeks, and I was nineteen, paying off Vietnamese police twenty US every time they came. No, nineteen years old, sunburn as forty degrees, just going like. Bang, with with some USD. Um, And it was insane. And then two weeks after, like, the whole area is just like, there's girls in bikinis walking around a communist country in our most cultural All, like, locals. All locals. So it was pretty cool. So then I flew back. So you're kicked out of the country again. Pretty pretty much. So I flew back and then I get a call from him a month later when I finally land a full-time job. Gone, you've got to come back. I've got a paid gig for you in Ho Chi Minh. Met some massive investor. She owns <laughs> That's 19. She, she owns like half the pharmaceutical company in Southeast Asia and she's going to back everything we do. So he threw a hardball event with 10,000 people. Whoa. No idea what he's doing, we just winged it. And then I flew over and I was on a wage and and then it all started. That This is like sort of my journey starting. And um, like like we had Peking Duck come, Client Liaison, Venga Boys we did a beach party with. Um, the go- You have to submit the lyrics to the government. Um, and their songs, boom, 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 I want you in my room. So yeah. we're submitting it to the government so there's no sexual references. Boom, boom. So then I changed it to zoom, reference. zoom, zoom, I want you in my car. And they've just ticked it off. <laughs> so I've, 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 done, I've done a number on the Vietnamese government. Oh. Um, so hopefully, hopefully not too many uh, Vietnamese government officials are tuning into this. Oh, there might be a couple. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was just wild. But the coolest thing and, and like to the build-up of this was um, the bloke I was with, he'd take me to like these Budweiser meetings to get some sponsorship or Philip Morris, you know, um, Marlboro would, yeah. yeah, that you would get money for sponsorship for them and would sit there and um, he knew I was like good with my words and I had good energy and every now and then he'd just be like, Timmy's going to run you through the sponsorship package. <laughs> and I just had no idea it was coming and then I, I just, I'd do it. Just to Philip Morris, and like then, this big international yeah, company. And then, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd remember what he'd said and I'd pay a lot of attention in the meetings and, I got really good at these sponsorship meetings and then um, would deal with marketing agencies that were helping us run the events and photographers and just had a bit of a creative knack for it and I knew it was just, just a bit off. So there's tons of learnings there. It was amazing. He'd kick me, I mean, I was sleeping on the floor by the end of it because we had no money. Um, so he'd kick me on in the back at 6am going, we got shit to do. Um, and so it was, it was a really amazing sort of work ethic, being thrown in the deep end, sponsorship dollars, learning about um, the margins of alcohol and all that sort of stuff. So that really got me moving and shaking yeah. like, like in, in that space. So I came wow. back wanting to do hospitality or parties or events and that's when um, my parents got brought a cafe, gave us all a stake in it for some, you know, skin in the game and um, we've still got it six years later and same thing, learn margins, learn how to deal with staff, um, ordering kilos of meat that get transferred into a parma, what's the salad cost. So What's the cafe always, called? It's called Benny and Me in Essendon. Um, so open Monday to Monday to Sunday, seven days a week. Yeah. Friday night, wine bar. Yeah, yeah, unreal. few cocktails and stuff. So again, like that was a, a business we scaled. So it was 35 seats, then 60, then 80, then 137 we got now. Yeah, right. Um, and we just built that up just selling the family story, you know. Like there's lots of minimalistic cafes out there. Amazing menus, amazing food. 
super fancy, super bougie, like nice B-grade celebrities going there. Um, but we were just a family in a neighbourhood that had good energy and remembered everyone's name and um, we've just smashed it. Like we, just did, we went from 10 kilos of coffee to 80 in three years and wow. 20 meals on a Saturday to 250, 300. So oh, shit. pretty crazy and it was really quite special um, doing it with my mum, dad and my brother. It was mm. fucking awesome. Like I was telling someone the other day and um, – they actually play AFL and um, they're asking how the cafe is going and stuff. And I was like, going really well. And he goes, I'm so jealous, man. Because I'd, I'd love to do a business with my dad and my family. And you're like, all right. You know, like, yeah. just, you know, that's, and I think it's a really cool lesson or a, a, just a good conversation that someone with um, all the notoriety, getting a kick on the weekends, playing good sport on good money, yeah. um, can sit there and be like, I wish I did something cool like that as well. So I was like, oh, fuck. Wait till you do it. It's a slog. So yeah, it's, it's, it's half industry. <laughs> but, but, but it, was, it was really cool to, yeah. to to get that response from someone like that as well. So um, yeah, all, all amazing experiences. Um, that's that's the only thing I'll, I'd ever preach to anyone is just experiences. You know, I've yeah. done carpentry, landscaping, roof plumbing, um, Macca's, door to door sales, everything, retail. I did it all, but then I found out what I was good at and what I didn't like, and sort of helped me direct it all. But um. Yeah, some super cool experience. I'm pretty lucky, but I put myself out there and, and yeah, sometimes opportunities pop up. Wow. There's so much to take from all that. I didn't yeah. know where to begin. I haven't, done, <laughs> I haven't done the Vietnam story since I reckon my, my first chat in like 2018, I reckon. Wow, wait. It's, a, it's a great one, man. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, something about your energy and your aura that I think just draws people to you. And obviously, in all those experiences that you've had, you can see how that's just played out for you, you know, tenfold. And there's obviously a level of you being extremely open and ready to turn on a dime sure. and go and live in Vietnam with a random guy and whatever. So it's funny <laughs> saying that out loud. What was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty incredible <laughs> to think no, yeah, your parents just let you yeah, go. <laughs> My parents were tired asses as well. So I'm pretty glad they did. Yeah. Wow, man. <laughs> what, what a story. All right. So let's, let's come to come full circle to today. Yeah. So Bay Juice takes up most of your time. Yeah. I would assume that's obviously been your baby for the last since 2019 yeah, when you yeah. got started with that journey. What's that look like? I'm sure that's been a roller coaster in itself. Yeah, for sure. It's um, it's funny. It's so – I'm in such a good place with it now. I just do what I'm good at. <laughs> but at the start it was, um, you know, just lots of problem solving, which is like really fun and rewarding. Like where did our container go? Why is it stuck in customs? Um, the barcode was wrong. So we're in cool rooms, re-stickering 20,000 Um It's almost like in that – sort of startup phase, everything has to go wrong. Like I like I don't know, there hasn't been I haven't heard or any podcast or vlogs or anything. It was anything going really smoothly for anyone. For sure. Um mm. and it's because you just got no idea, I guess. Um and energy's great, but it doesn't help you with logistics. <laughs> That's true. So yeah, so I, I think um the three founders as well all found our our little, you know, way. Mish. So I was like I was sort of the a um, bit of marketing and PR. Liam's really good at ops and helped with like manage a lot of the accounting and then Sumin dealt with our manufacturer, which you know, we tell stories of our manufacturer that um, I don't think have ever existed in, in manufacturing or transport history. And that was we were ticking containers. You're what? We were ticking. Like we were getting containers just sent over. And like we just don't have any money. And like it's all good. Don't worry about it. So I just, I'll just pump they were out just, stock. They were just bankrolling it. Just bankrolling. Just going, we know what we're doing. These are the meetings. We got super communicative, communicative with them. Saying, you know, these are the opportunities, these are the reviews we got, this is the market, um, this it. is our early numbers so far. Um, and they were just like, sweet. Wow. Put you do, back. You, do you think Sumi's grandmother played a bit of a role in that? Um, well, no, it was me and her have been there twice before the first shipment. Um, we met her and went and had a crab to celebrate afterwards. Um, 
And he said to us, he goes, oh, I just see so much of myself in you too. Wow. Um, this is short back inside suit, me and Sumi in the tattoos. She's got piercings in her nose yeah. and I've got um, shorts on. Yeah. These guys are all in suits in a nice boardroom. Yeah. And they're like, we just, like, I wish I did what you were doing right now and just going for it. So we're on Team U. Wow. I was just like, wow. wow. And you got the gift. 23, 24 years old as well. Wow. You got the gift of the gab as well. Gift of the gab helped. Um, and then even better that Sumi could somehow translate me. <laughs> yeah. um, so kudos to her. Um, it should be very I'd difficult. I'd love to be flying yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole oh other girl to fish that. Um, <laughs> you got to struggle with subtitles. I think you didn't have fast that quick. Um, so then, yeah, so like we, we just built this amazing relationship with the <clears> manufacturers. <throat> that pretty much gave us our start. That's incredible because um, people don't usually get that no, essentially no. at all or maybe 10 to 15 years. Yeah, so we didn't need that um, that initial capital or That's anything huge. like that. So wow. we could own and control the business the whole time. So we only just raised some dollars in November, just been, wow. which is amazing. So, you know, we'd held on to everything until then um, and we couldn't have held on for another day, to be honest. Oh, it got into like that, like next week, mm. everything could be We're down the gurgler kind of stuff. Mm. Um were you guys paying yourselves at this point? No, nah, no. We only just got our first paycheck. Um, we gave ourselves a little Chrissy bonus. Um, not much. A couple of grand just to get us through. Yeah. Uh, which lasted a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> over the summer period. <laughs> you North Face jackets. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, um, and then see, yeah, we just, we're on a very, very bare minimum, probably a legal wage since Jan. Okay. Which, was, which is the biggest milestone. You got Woolies. We landed a thousand stores, um, celebrated that well. And that was like the life-changing deal almost um but to get that uh five six hundred bucks a week wage was just like high fives all around yeah 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 we can pay rent now and buy our own beers and not be leeches off our parents and stuff so um yeah four and a half years and to get get paycheck one first pay slip so it was um yeah pretty crazy there's just all the different problems in between but um one thing i think we've always done really well is we've always take the next step so to give that sort of whole holistic approach from launching till now it was we got the 50 stores and the 100 stores um and actually a really cool thing i remember um messaging steve chapman from shine okay. and i've never forgotten this he's the ceo there have you ever heard of steve or no. his product no. amazing um amazing um founder and product should check it out but um i asked him because he was in tons of stores I was like hey mate um jackie you could help me get into heaps of stores like, you know, just throwing, throwing, yeah. throwing curveballs. Like, what do you got to lose? He's like, hey, you hitting up stores yourself? I was like, oh, like, not really. And he goes, so essentially, like, I was looking for him to just fast track ourselves. He goes, hey, mate, well, he goes, if you can get, if you can get into 100 stores in the next month, then I'll help you the next phase. Well, he goes, because, he goes, it's like 25 a week. You're seven days in a week, four weeks in a month. He goes, there's no reason you can't be hitting 25 stores with two founders a week. Twelve and a half each. Right. This, guy, this guy's a fucking mathematician. Yeah, how, yeah. Hey, at least my math. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, no, no, I'll get the chat out. None of his math. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I just thought it was amazing and it really kicked me in the guts going like I'm, I'm not putting the hammer down at all. You know mm. what I mean? We're trying to find some people to fast track it for us. Mm. This is our brand, our product. You know, we've got to get out there. So um, we got to that 100 stores pretty quick. Didn't go back for help because we had the momentum. But um, so it was amazing advice, you know, like – like I want to help you, but if you can show me that you can work your bum off, then I'll, then I'll help you. It's and a, so I've taken a lot out of that since he said that, even with other people hitting us up now. It's a massive lesson, that one. Yeah. I, I think, you know, you need to do the work first before you get the help. It's like in Massively. Any, How good is that? It's the best. That's why I was really happy to bring that up and I hadn't mentioned that before, so it's a little goodie. Um, and so we got to the 100 stores and then um, 
honestly, this just sums us up. Somehow we, we got Woolworths after 110 stores of shonky data. What was the, um, what was the process of that? Um, it was massive. It was peak COVID. Um, so for anything that wasn't performing in store for them, because everyone was only in supermarkets, anything that wasn't performing was just getting kicked out really quickly. Wow. So they were just flowing through products to find Winners. places, <laughs> yeah, things to make them more cash than mm. they even need. Um, so, yeah, so it was right time, right place. We had a little bit of data. Um, and then we kind of always had the same pitch. Like people want this product. It's a really great product. Natural, naturally helps your hangovers, and um, no one else sells it. Mm. So it's like, oh, you know, do we want to be the first retailer to score it? Um, so we gave them some exclusivity to get the deal over the line, which I think a few people go, oh, but like, when a hundred stores with a thousand bucks in the account, in the account, take whatever you want. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's the credibility, it's the numbers, it's the accessibility. Mm. So then we landed that deal. Um, so, so that meant that, that meant that you had to pull out of all those previous hundred stores. No, nah, independents were fine. It was okay. just like and I like other big grocers like a gotcha. and stuff. Gotcha. Um, which is, which is so fine. And as we grow, it might open up doors to other stuff. But um, yep. we we stuck with Woolies. We got some really good um, allegiance with them, and we've had an amazing relationship. Um, and yeah, it was just wild. Like we were just now in a thousand stores. So every time you went shopping, you could find our product. Um, and we had no money for marketing, so our sales weren't hitting our average. And then one of the girls at the cafe is like, oh, have you been seeing all the Beiju's TikToks? This is 2020, end of 2020. I was like, nah. Hopped on. We had 2 million views under our hashtag Beiju's wow. and like hundreds of content, pieces of content there. The fuck? Um, this one guy with um, 250,000 views and like 100 comments of him telling everyone where to go, how much it is and how good it is. Does a follow-up video of how well it worked <laughs> and then him and his clients are obsessed with it now. Um, and then bang, uh, sales – Ticked up near the average we promised. Um, and then our averages we promised were high because we're a new brand. They were taking the risk on us. We had to deliver. But to our credit, we always – like we always deliver and we do whatever we have to to deliver to the point where um, that was working and then we did a big TikTok campaign with Bought and Bread um, and we just splashed like 15K, sent it to all these creators, got all this content and like we had like nine grand at the time and it was borrowing a couple of grand from people. We had to get to that average. Oh. Otherwise wow. we're cooked. Otherwise um, you're out. Yeah, yeah. Once you're out, uh, it's all <laughs> over. Yeah, so yeah. once you're, once you're in the retail game, it's kitchen sink time. There's, there's, you just don't take no for an answer. So we did that with all that marketing and all of our opportunities. Um, and then we smashed it. We got to like well above our average from that. Um, repurchases because people love the product. So even though we weren't doing more campaigns, we're getting the repurchases anyway. Um, then we landed Dan's, then we landed BWS. Uh, we landed a distributor along the whole East Coast that does all Remedy Kombucha. Um, got into all sorts of different places and we're sort of around that sort of three, three and a half thousand store mark now. Wow. Um, and we just had reviews this week so far, so another big petrol station and all that sort of stuff and all these hotels we're pitching at the moment looking pretty good. So this year it's full-time, on a wage and just trying to find – New dollars, new avenues. So it's a it's a good time. It's fun. Love to hear it. Wow. We um we have a bit of a tradition on this podcast. We ask people like their revenue for the year. Yeah. You happy to share that with us? We did before we even had cash. I think we cracked one and a half last financial year. Mm-hmm. Around about that. Um. So before we even had some cash in the door. So Shit. no marketing. No, like five hundred bucks a fortnight ad spend. Um. Anytime we got some cash, we did a little campaign. Um. PR. Let us try, but we got articles out of it and I was interviewed on Channel 7 and stuff and then people start emailing us saying we're looking for partners or or people that 
don't reply to you. You have a nice, beautiful, long-winded article. <laughs> hey, mate, sorry, missed your calls. Like, ah, that, yeah. yeah. that, that message said seen on it. Yeah. It's so, funny how um, that works, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it was a bit like that. But um, hey, if they come crawling back and it opens new doors, who cares? But um, <laughs> yeah, so that was our, our number sort of that for the last calendar mm. year. Um, and this year we should be just smashing that out of the park, really. How many people do you have in the team at the moment? Still, There's still three founders yep. um, working full-time. Um, the best thing we did was get some like advisors in. Um, so they restructured our whole business at the end of last year. Uh, I think that's why I was so excited this year because um, everything was just question marks or scary and everything was a risk. Uh, but now we've got like an acting CFO, um, a bunch of our shareholders have come on as like advisors. So we report to them, can we spend this? Yes, no, don't do it. Um, you know, what's the ROI out of it? Let's do a billboard. How many people are going to see it? Um, yeah. They're all over 50 with kids in the back. Is it much point? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, let's do more on visual merchandising. So now we've got these giant bins in Dan's everywhere. So it's been amazing to have um, some really solid advice and to just make us just stop for a second and, and just think about things um, has been a massive difference. And, and now being in so many meetings with advisors, when we have our um, fortnightly marketing strategy session, we sort of think like, what would Trav do? You know, he's our advisor. <laughs> yeah. and we sit there and go, oh, would Trav approve of this? Uh, <laughs> it doesn't actually help with the messaging. The product placement doesn't actually serve a purpose of you drinking it before alcohol. No, we don't want to do this campaign. This is why. Mm. And he's not there anymore. So isn't it amazing? And we've just learned this recently. That's sick. Um, and we did a um, WWTD I sent to him the other day. And he's just like, what the hell? I'm like, what would Trav do? And that's sort of a bit of our philosophy. Um, so shout out to Trav. He's the absolute man and, and really um, the glue for all of us founders at the moment. So that's been a huge role. Um, just having someone a bit more senior. He's sort of 38, couple of kids and, um, yeah, can put a bit of a leash on us. And yeah, um, yeah. it's been great. It's been a, a nice little holistic relationship. So, yeah, that's been a game changer. Don't know how I got there from revenue, but I love that <laughs> shit. No, you're, you're good at that. Yeah. <laughs> just to – um, knuckle down on so with the founders. So you were dating Sumi. Yeah, yeah. Sumin with an N. Yeah, yeah. Sumin. No, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. And so you guys were together, and then not to be. Yeah. And yep. you're still working together. Yeah. How's that all look? Um, at the start, like pretty chaotic. So that was it been two years ago now. Sort of around that sort of June mark. Um, and we were selling mastering COVID together. We were working at the cafe together. Um, <laughs> we did beiges together. Had another couple of ideas together. <coughs> Sorry. Um, so did all these little things. So it was just like pretty relentless. Yeah. Um, yeah. She moved in with me after four weeks of meeting her. Wow. So again, like, I'm, it's not really surprising, is it? Yeah. <laughs> no. You move quick. You move quick. So move fast. It was pretty full on, and um, um, and yeah, just got to that point where um, you know, she's ready to knuckle down. I was ready to just take off with mm. all new other ventures and concepts. So. It just wasn't aligning at the time. So we kind of just um, just went our own way, moved out. She went back to South Korea. Um, but like, you know, like I'm honestly like drove her to the airport. Um, I helped her with all the documentation. She flew peak COVID. Okay. So she's on an old Boeing 747 by herself. Shit. Wow. Um, and I had to apply to the government all of her agenda and why she's going over. I should tell a story actually. Um, <laughs> again, with fluffing it to the old government. Um, we had to build an agenda out. Of um, why she's going there, right. um, and it was to head up the Korean Bay Juice office um, <laughs> and how important it was. Um, why was it important to continue the economic growth? I was going to uh, say yeah. between Australia and Korea, so they can continue to export and we can continue to sell and export a product wow. within Australia. 
So I did all this fly fight. I built an Excel and agenda, phone numbers, made up names, times, locations, um, flights and everything so that they could see that she really does need to go over there. Um, and then long behold, um, they came back and said, if you send the uh, manufacturer's agreement as proof that, you know, you do have a manufacturer um, and the shareholder's agreement that Sumin's a director of the business, then we'll approve your, your travel. So two weeks later, she got all of her jabs and she was in Korea. There you go. Wow. Insane. So, like, so, so again, you know, like we look out for each other. That was to help her be with her friends and family, yeah. um, which is yeah. important. Cool. I was very lucky to have mine where I lived. Yep. Um, so I thought I owed that to her. And um, since then, we've just been building new products together. She works with the manufacturers. Um, she sits on the desk next to me. Um, we import all different stuff. Um, so it's been going really well. I've got an amazing girlfriend now that I've been seeing since November. Um, so, yeah, so it's still like a really um, – solid structure somehow um but i always laugh you know i'm naturally very unorthodox i don't do anything normally unfortunately <laughs> sometimes but um i think if anyone's to be able to sort of cope with it i just know deep down that um i'm one of those rare people that can just deal with it and um make sure everyone's still okay and sort of try to put everyone else first yep. um and it was even harder for my business partner liam all three of us lived together he got kicked to his mum's house um he's had to deal with it all the radio silence about business and stuff so it was tough times but um you know, we, we'd built something amazing together. I think there was that one moment um, when we did go our own way and I was just like, oh, this is going to fail. I'm not going to help anymore. And like the natural sort of stuff you do in the heat of the moment. And then we're like, ah, we've done a pretty good job with this. <laughs> Let's make some cash out of it at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. And then we're like, cool, done. Yeah, okay, we're we're we went our way. And um, yeah, so we, we managed to get through that. And um, yeah, I've, I've always been pretty happy to sort of share that stuff and be pretty vulnerable. Mm. Um, it always pays off or someone else might be able to connect with it or – understand our business more of, of the hardships you have to go through of running a product. It's not just a daily mail article with some um, <laughs> smiley photos with it and some made up number at the seven bottom. Seven figures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tim. Yeah, seven yeah. figure Tim. There's um, a bit of stuff that goes on between as well. Would you recommend to people going into a business potentially thinking about maybe going with a partner? Would you tell them to be aware or like what are your um, thoughts? I, there's a, an amazing um, product called Jimbod. It's a protein ice cream. Um, we've got the same consultants and we've sort of all watched each other's journey for a while. Um, they're in a relationship and I love watching them do their thing and they look like they get along really well, smashing it out of the park. Amazing wow. product and two founders in a serious relationship. So um, seeing that, there's no right or wrong answer. You know, like, um, so you never know, right? Like, but for me, like at, at one time I was working at the cafe with my dad, my mum, my brother. And then I was doing pages with Sumin and my best mate. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, I was really rolling the dice. Um, <laughs> you know, it's pretty much everything everyone says not to do. Um, and I did all at once. Um, and one, one out of five you know, didn't work out. But um, no, I don't see why you can't. Um, you know, we worked on it late together. We had new ideas and it was um, a special moment in our lives for sure. Building something from the start to what it is now, um, you'll sort of never forget for sure. You mentioned some of those other ventures that you guys kind of got your fingers on. Yeah. I'd love to go into Monfell. Yeah. And that's something you've jumped on board more recently. Yeah, yeah. In the clothing space. So hence why we're very interested. Uh, yeah. What does that look like at the moment? Um, that is my um, my energizer at the moment. Like that is just getting me jacked up. Like I just <laughs> love it. Like yeah. <laughs> even more, I know. <laughs> um, but but it was, um, it was sort of like the end of uh, middle of last year. Um, we were talking about shareholders agreement and him trying to value the business because he saw I just done it and we'd known each other for a long time. Um, and then it got to the point where um, he was just like, "Look, I got all these other people interested, but um, 
think I need your energy. Um, I think I need some enthusiasm around the brand so I can do the creative stuff and someone else can be behind me. He's going pew, 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 and just yep. smashing everything out that I need yep. and being the hype man. You know, he, he's so focused in um, – <clears throat> This, this, is, this is the, the, f- the other Toby, 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 right. Yeah, yep. yeah. So he's, he's done it for 10 years. Um, he was in the T-shirts, loungewear game, and he's um, had a real passion into the high-end space. Um, so he's went for it, which is amazing. Um, and his story is awesome too. So he has a scaffolder from Tassie. Um, it'd always be covered in glue and sweat and all the grime from working. <laughs> and um, then at night he'd go to his pattern maker and his sewer and he'd get all the gear and then take it to someone else and – People thought he was a delivery man for all of his <laughs> gear, like all the garments. They thought like he was a delivery man. Like, oh, how do you know Toby? Said, I am Toby. Um, so I thought it was just like, how cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's all these like, um, you know, eccentric um, stylists and designers that he dropped clothes off to and they're just sort of like just wide-eyed, like, who are you? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's really cool and even um, cooler is that he's stopped doing scaffolding, just moved full-time into it and he's just gone oh. all out. Um, but it's, it's really special to be a part of. It's, um, you know, it's being in the car together, cruising around, talking shop, um, being really close mates, having a great friendship. But, uh, you know, going picking up buttons, getting fabrics <laughs> together, um, stopping having a coffee, talking about, um, you know, expansion opportunities or what's next first or how are we going to flog this or should we take over this studio we can't afford? Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Duh. Uh, we'll figure it all out later. Um, who needs money, right? Um, so it's, it's been really special um, and it's helped, I think, me as a person see someone be so artistic and just, you know, I, I, I forget that, you know, as a founder launching a company, that is your life. And because I was in it, when you look outside in, then you start to remind yourself about, all those special moments. So it's really helped my bay juice work and it's helped anything, everything I'm doing, watching another founder just go for it. Um, so it's given me a lot of life with bay juice work. I'm working harder. Or we're doing more sampling, you know, it's been the States we can touch on hands on sampling in parks because I was like, hold on, this is the cool stuff again. Um, and if anyone's watched air, the recent movie, um, they talk about, you know, this is the old Nike and stuff and they do some really cool shit. So, um, yeah, it's amazing watching you do it. It's, um, the best thing was, and I think we sort of chatted this over coffee, is um, it's given me so much confidence with, with what I wear. Like I'm wearing stripy, crazy pants and pink ASICs, um, you know, big high hats and crop jumpers. I was wearing a camo suit the other day, bottoms <laughs> and top. Nice. Um, and like my dad, who's a short back and sides, receding hair, <laughs> trousers and a polo. It's just like, wow. <laughs> um, he goes, he keeps saying, I reckon I could fit in those pants. <laughs> so it's – um. It's been really cool just sort of experimenting and just bringing out a sort of a new version of me. And it's, um, yeah, it's been amazing to be a part of really. Have you always had an interest in fashion or has it just been something? I think I've always play? been the, the black jeans, black T-shirt, sneakers guy, but I've always wanted to go that next level with what I wear. Always had it in me and I've obviously got the confidence um, to an extent. So it was really <laughs> nice just breaking, breaking that barrier of being like, you know what, I just, I just don't think I care anymore what other people think, whether I'm wearing a balaclava or doing a photo shoot or posting a photo of myself. Um, and I was thinking about this last night to bring up at like in whatever time it was before very early in the morning, but that's how I roll. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. Sometimes when you take a selfie, it's – and like it's not just because you look good, it's because you feel good. And that was my sentence that I really was like – I think that's a really cool thing about um, taking a video of yourself, doing, you know, clothes and putting stuff on or styling stuff. It's like – 
not just like does it look good, but you actually feel good in that stuff. Mm. So I think that's a really cool difference with maybe how people should be perceiving people on social media, flaunting some gear or posting hoodies or posting your favourite jacket or a fresh hat. You know, like, yeah, it looks cool, but, like, it makes you feel good as well. So you just want to bring it out. So yeah, I like that. Stuff everyone, you know what I mean? That, yeah. that was my sort of philosophy for this year, like, stuff everyone, you know. <laughs> if you don't like it, unfollow me. Yeah. It's not that hard, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so it's, it's been quite, um, yeah, it's been quite energising, mm. <laughs> even more so. You guys are off to Paris as well. Yeah, yeah. So, again, and um, I think, like, sort of the main sort of theme here a little bit is just, you just put yourself out there and take opportunities. I know something amazing is going to happen. Like we're going to be there at the right time, looking fresh as fuck, wearing great gear um, in the middle of the showroom and the person I accidentally bumps is going to be the person that takes us to 100 stores. Accidentally. So I'm going to be like, sorry, mate. How are you? You know, really accentuate your accent. Oh, yeah, and a bang, story. Yeah. Um, so I just I just know that that's going to happen because <laughs> whenever anything good's happen, I put myself out there. I can know. Um, it's a great message. So, yeah, just I've just and, – and, and it was amazing to get the same enthusiasm for Toby as well. We looked at each other mean like, even if – the buyers order this. Can we facilitate a large order? And he's like, don't know. And I was like, let's book the flights, then figure it out. He's like, done. Yeah. Which is just, there's no logic. Yeah. Book the flights. We get the word come in. Hey, there's still hundreds of meters of the roll. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine to, to facilitate any orders. Yeah. Nice. See, like sometimes it's all in. Yeah. It can just pay off unless you're gambling. But like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, but this, I, I really believe um, just having your foot in the door and just, and just being there. You have the best opportunity. Um, and there's a cool story with Bay Juice as well. Like, you know, we got into tons of IGAs at one stage. We went to a small general store in Footscray um, thinking it's going to be like a nice cool farmer's market vibe. Piercing down rain like eight degrees. <laughs> and me and Liam was at eight home degrees. just like, uh, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. We go there. We get set up next to someone doing some fruity honey. Um, <laughs> nice guy. Um, and there's like three stands there. Um, and all of a sudden this guy comes with a sick product. He goes, this would work really well. He goes, I actually work at Metcash. We just like own all the IGAs and do the distribution and stuff. You're like, oh, yeah. He goes, I'll introduce you to someone at Richie's and stuff. There's tons of those. And then bang, all of a sudden we're on the portal, logging in, sending our numbers in because out of the four people that came to that eight-degree rainy night – one of them worked at Metcash. So if we didn't go there, we wouldn't have got that quick little fire, 50 stores. It would have got us to 100s, which wouldn't have got us to Woolies, yeah. which wouldn't have got us into Dan's, BWS maybe here today. Fuck. Because we went to that rainy day and saw four people. I just think it's really amazing. And, and once you're – What happened to the fruit honey guy though? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully he's still kicking. He's all right. Um, but, but it's just amazing, you know. It's just like – it's just – it's proof. Like that is just clear proof. You know, you can't 100%. argue that. Um, so we said yes to Paris – um, we've got a whole range. You've got a few different racks there and a cool little pop-up store we're doing with um, uh, some guys called Impossible Objects. They sort of manage different brands and help them enter to Europe. Um, awesome dudes. And then it was really cool as well. They're like, look, we've got all these Korean brands, everyone doing Gore-Tex, everyone wearing hiking gear. Um, and this is where it pays off to have a bit of uniqueness and to go, you know, like do something different because we need something a bit higher end and formal and – the fact you're from Melbourne's pretty bang on as well. So we make them look good now because mm. they've got all the similar pro, um, portfolio. Yep. And now we're a different angle to their portfolio of um, garments. We're from Melbourne. We've got good energy and he's pumped to have us there. We worked out a pretty good deal because the flights and stuff are so expensive. So bang, put yourself out there. 
you do the niche thing and sort of it's just all coming together. So super exciting. We'll get content. We'll try and land a few buyers and um, it'll just be a great experience. We'll come back. Um, well, that was sick whether we've got a buyer or not. And With about 10 of, um, stories. Of yeah, oh, a couple. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure a couple of stories. Get back on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> French craziness. Yeah. <laughs> we, we spoke over a coffee last week, Tim, um, and it's a big theme of this podcast today, but I'd like for you to go a bit deeper on your auntie's very unwell at the moment. Yep, yep. And it's given you a bit of a perspective to just say, fuck it. And I think that was a big reason why you bought those tickets to Paris. Yeah, yeah, massively. Um, so, yep, um, auntie's been pretty sick. Um, hopefully it's not too sensitive to talk about on sort of a public forum, but um, I think it's nice to sort of get a nice sort of message across. Otherwise I wouldn't have brought it up. Um, but, you know, she's been living it up the last couple of years. Um, she's been super ill but just had the ability to travel. So she's hit heaps of her goals, visited some beautiful places, um, visited some family overseas and has um, had a really beautiful sort of just nice few years, you know, just doing everything she's always wanted to do. And it made me sort of soak it in a little bit recently, being like, you know, like, wow, like, you know, I've been busting my chops, doing all this stuff. Sure, I've got some great stories and experiences on the side. And um, I look at my parents as well, whose dad's 57, mum's 65, and he does 60 hours a week at the cafe. Mum's a grandma. Um, she looks after none of my kids. Um, she looks after all the <laughs> rosters and the staff, and they want to take on new opportunities. And it's just like, wow! Like you get so engulfed in like a wage and rent and mortgages, and like I, I know that's the realistic stuff of life, and you got to pay those costs. But you know, to fly overseas, two grand, I make six, seven hundred bucks a week. Take out a couple for rent in four weeks. I got to fly it halfway around the world. You wouldn't really like that right isn't that incredible four mm. weeks <clears throat> i can fly to italy yeah, just based sick. on my tiny wage um and then you're gonna need spending money the dollar doesn't help i understand <laughs> that but just to try and give some um some context so yeah it's really encouraged me to sort of you know like just get busy living like you know like shawshank redemption is that get busy living i, I think, think so yeah, i think yeah. it's shawshank <laughs> shout know. out to andy dufresne <laughs> or yeah. i guess it comes down to a simple choice really Get busy living. Get busy dying. But yeah, so it's just really giving me that little extra edge that you know, like, not to drown myself in work, um, not to take it too seriously. There's a few other opportunities popping up, but maybe they might take up too much of my time. So then I can't travel, can't be a good boyfriend, can't be a good uncle, um, and I want to hang out with my parents a bit more. And and most importantly, um, I want to make sure everything I've committed to now still gets attention. It's not fair if I go and take on all these other things and none of them get the love. Mm. So I think, yeah, just freeing up some time and making sure that, you know, still live a good life and have a bit of fun and, and make sure it's not too late. So that was a really nice sort of encouraging little realisation recently. Um, and what was I going to say about that as well on the work front? Oh, yeah, someone – so when I, I've got a little life coach who I, I do a session with uh, for an hour every week. He's amazing. Um, someone said the other day it's not safe for both of us to be in public because he talks more than me, um, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and he said the other day saying no to someone, saying yes to someone else. Wow. And I thought that was elite. Yeah. So saying no to joining your boys' venture, he's saying yes to my Beiju's team who stuck by me forever that I'm going to give them more time. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's – how cool is that? Isn't yeah. that a sick thing? Yeah, so instead of feeling bad for saying no – it's saying yes to people that have, you know, the, in your corner and a part of your clique. So, um, yeah, pumping out some wisdom right now. Yeah, yeah. you are, man. Oh, like, yeah, so that's a goodie though. I, I really, that's really amazing. What, what else does this guy say? Yeah. <laughs> it's some good stuff. My, oh, my favourite, 
which I'm trying to do and struggling is um, being calm amongst the chaos has been something I've been really trying to focus on. And um, I'm not into basketball really. I like it and um, I've gone before, but you're saying, you know, you know, that peak bulls era, they'd stop and breathe and stuff. And you're saying you know, the best players in the world are stopping and breathing and, and focusing with lights off and closing their eyes and then go crunch it. Mm. Um, whereas the crap teams aren't doing it. Because I know there's skill involved. But also there's just that aura of calmness and professionalism. So um, that's something he brings up each week because that's the whole idea is a bit of accountability. Um, and he's saying, you know, you're stressed, you've been doing too much and stuff. I'm like, no, I'm in a good place and it seems to be helping everything. So wow. there's my last one. You asked us something sarcastic. <laughs> like, yeah, go on. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love Tim, yeah, mate. Yeah, I think for, in fact for Jack and I'll speak on our behalf, it's like your energy and – I, I said before to you that I think you're the epitome of just running headfirst into brick walls. And I think that brick wall doesn't break the first hundred times, but it'll break on the hundred and first. Yeah. You might have a fucking severe concussion yeah. <laughs> and be good for nothing after that, but at least the wall broke. Exactly. And, and there's yeah. something to be said And the that. rest can run through. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. All your mates are sweet. Yeah. You're dead. But um, no, I think I really just gravitate towards people like you. And no, no, it's good to hear. It's um, And that's part of... Just, you know, like just letting it out, you know, mm. like to, if, if I can just give some enthusiasm every day and um, share some funny stories but some valuable ones and some confronting ones, which is literally the, th- the three angles we've hit today, it's um, you get some people up and about and it's all worth talking for an hour and sharing some stuff. So mm, definitely worth it. 100%. Jack, did you have? I don't think, man, we've covered the world in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell? Yeah, no, hopefully, hopefully the camera can't see the back of my hair there. That's, that's yeah. like, that's no, right. I think it's cool, you know, you starting from the from the beginning and going so in-depth into all those stories. You can see the growth, you know, to you now sitting here today and having more time for yourself and sitting with a work coach, a life coach, once a week. It, it's awesome to see that evolution of Tim um, and if you'd be working on your weaknesses, like you said, staying calm. And I think that's just such a testament to you as though, although you're running headfirst into these walls, you're learning something every time you fucking do it. For sure. And so, and so that's, that's just such an important message for people. And as you would probably attest to, you don't really know what you're doing at the start, yeah. but the more walls you run into, the more you'll figure it out and sure. get a little step closer. So man, kudos to you for building what you have and having your hands in so many different things. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really cool to say. Cool. No, no, I appreciate it. It's exciting. And um, yeah, hopefully we can do another pod soon and we'll talk about the rest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Off to Paris. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lucky to be in, Tim. Thanks for coming cool. on. No, thanks guys. Ta- thanks, mate. Yeah, appreciate it.